We're going to skip ahead a little bit in our study of the book of Joshua um, to Joshua chapter 17. If you want to open your Bible there or turn your Bible on, however that works for you this morning, um, get there, navigate there, find the app, open it up, go to Joshua chapter 17. If you're ready for the word this morning, say amen. Joshua is now beginning to divide up the land of Canaan. And uh, we're not going to uh, read through all of the, the details of that. That's why we're skipping a couple of chapters and, and we'll land this morning in chapter 17. And, and some may question, well, Pastor, why did, why did God go to all the trouble of, of having um, all of those details of who got what piece of land where and what the boundaries were and, and what this member of the family got and that member of the family got and that member of the family got. And why did God go to all of that detail? And, and here's, my, here's my take on that and would be my answer to that question this morning because he wanted to show us that he keeps his word. He keeps his word. God said that they were going to get it, and God promised it, and so now he's showing us that he keeps his word, uh, which by the way, he always does. Uh, you cannot find, listen, you cannot find one promise in all of this book that has not been or will not be fulfilled just like God promised it would be. And so that's, I believe, why he goes into all of this, um, all of this uh, detail. Now, if you've been a part of this current series through the book of Joshua, then you know that I'm preaching it in accordance with our theme for 2019 here at Fellowship Baptist Church, which is forward. And um, the challenge of, of this message series uh, has been to go forward. Uh, in the very first message, I'm going to take you back uh, this morning to January the 6th, uh, to the first message uh, that I preached in, in this series, because back then I gave you some suggestions of what it may look like to go forward in your life as a believer. And of course, um, it's going to look different in different people's lives depending on where they are in their relationship with the Lord. And um, most of these messages um, have been to believers. They've not been evangelistic in nature except for the, the message there on, on Rahab in, in Joshua chapter 2. But certainly, as, as Brother Mike prayed this morning, um, if you've not started a journey with Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to. Um, it'll make all the difference in all the world. And if we've learned anything uh, throughout this series, it's this. Um, starting a journey with Jesus Christ doesn't mean your life's going to be easy. There are going to be some battles to fight. Uh, there are going to be some, uh, some wars um, that are going to have to be fought in our lives as, 
as believers. There are, are going to be some, some satanic strongholds uh, that are going to have to come down. And we learned that in, in uh, our study of the walls of Jericho and, and how God uh, pulled those things down. Uh, but primarily, I've been preaching to believers throughout this series. And here are some of the things I said by way of refreshing your memory this morning. For some, uh, going forward uh, would mean baptism and or church membership. And I'm thankful for the uh, nearly 25 people this year who have taken that step. And for those, uh, some who will take that step next Sunday morning um, as we have Baptism Sunday. And they will have completed uh, our first steps class and, and will be joining the fellowship family. I'm excited about that. Um, if you're already a member of the fellowship family, then, uh, then I said that maybe your next step forward is into a ministry of some kind. Um, uh, study the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can, you can study the book of Romans uh, as well. And here's what you find. Um, God puts people in the church body because they have something to offer that church body. God has gifted us, uh, and, and he has a purpose for us being in Fellowship Baptist Church together. And I, I would encourage you to uh, get involved in a ministry. And again, I'm thankful uh, for those who have already taken that step forward uh, in, in their relationship with the Lord. Um, as any good Baptist preacher would, I mentioned giving. <laughs> You guys didn't think as funny as I did. <laughs> Maybe uh, your forward move uh, for 2019 is, is either to begin giving or to begin giving again and to do so consistently throughout the whole year. Stepping forward uh, into Sunday night and or Wednesday night church would be another great move in the right direction and I say that especially in a culture that has somehow duped us into believing that less church is better than more church um, I don't get that and as is the case with giving maybe uh, maybe consistency in church attendance is is where uh, you need to set your goal and there are certainly gosh there's so many other things that um, that are entailed in, in a, a move forward for God. I could talk about a constant uh, personal time or consistent personal devotion time. I'm talking about reading your Bible and, and praying on a, on a daily basis. Um, increased efforts in reaching the lost. Advances in personal holiness. There are any number of things um, and I don't know specifically what your next sh uh, step should be, but here's what I do know, there should be one. There should be one. And after you take that one, you should take another one. And after you've taken that one, take another one. And then take another one, and take another one. And we, listen, we should constantly be going forward in our life as a believer. So let's read our text. Beginning in verse 12, Joshua chapter 17 and verse 12. Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants 
of those cities. <clears throat> but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. Yet it came to pass, when the children of Israel were waxing strong, that they put the Canaanites to tribute, meaning they, they became forced labor, uh, servitude. And some of the young people are thinking, yeah, that's where my parents are. Um, believe me, not the same. But, look at this, did not utterly drive them out. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit? Seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. And Joshua answered them. Just imagine a sarcastic voice here. If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants, if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. And the children of Joseph said, verse 16, the hill is not enough for us. All the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley had chariots of iron, both they who are of Bethshean and her towns, and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and thou hast great power. Now, Joshua wasn't meaning great in the sense that they were meaning great. The word great there means numerous. There's a, a lot of them. Thou art a great people, and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine, for it is a, a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. So some of the people of God uh, were, were, were complaining about the lot of land that they had been given. Their complaint was this, it's not enough. It's too small. They wanted more. And we just read where Joshua explained to them um, that there was more to be had. No doubt about it. But they were going to have to move forward and take it. And by the same token, listen, a more rewarding Christian life is available to every born-again believer within the sound of my voice. But whether or not we get in on it is contingent on our willingness to move forward. And I would, I would submit to you that if we don't, then it will be for the same reason or reasons the people in our text failed to move forward. Either we exercise partial conquest or we expect preferential consideration or we evade priority commitments. One of the three. Let's look at them individually this morning beginning with this. We exercise partial conquest. I don't know if you caught it or not, but verse 13 contains a very, very telling statement. Look at the end of that verse but did not utterly or completely drive them out. And we find that phrased 
uh, in, again in Joshua chapter 16. Uh, we find it again in Judges chapter 1. In other words, rather than getting rid of all their enemies, the Jewish tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim chose to let some of them live with them. Now that makes about as much sense as getting a divorce and then letting your ex live in the spare bedroom. How many of you think that's going to end well? No, it's not end well at all. It was a foolish thing to do, to not drive them out. But not only that, listen, it was in direct disobedience to God's instructions. God said clearly, Go to the book of Deuteronomy, read it on your own. God said clearly that all the Canaanites were to be driven out of the land. None of them were to remain. Now, here's the point. The reason some Christians don't get past where they are right now and enjoy the blessings that, that other Christians enjoy is because they fail to rid their lives completely of things that are opposed to godly living and hence are hindrances to spiritual growth. I'm guessing that some of you are probably aware of things right now, some pet sin, if you will, that you know God wants you to get out of your life. Sins that, that you know are hindering your spiritual growth, but you've allowed them to hang around. You with me? Let me just be honest with you. Until they're gone, there, there will be no forward movement for you. There will be no measurable spiritual growth. And you will continue to live a monotonous life of spiritual mediocrity. That's, that's just the way it is. Let me share some reasons with you why God's people tend to keep a few Canaanites, if you will, around. One has to do with the spirit of compromise. Even though God says that we are to get rid of all things sinful, here's our reasoning. Well, you know, surely one or two things won't hurt. I, I know, I know it's wrong. I know it shouldn't be. Um, but well, it's just a little bit wrong. Hey, listen to me. Make no mistake about it, any compromise with the enemy will eventually lead to defeat. Just will. Here's another one, a spirit of complacency. I find it interesting that though the Israelites allowed the enemy to stay in the land, it says they put them to tribute. That means they made slaves out of them. Yes, they were the enemy, but they were now... Listen to this. They were now under the control of the Jews. <laughs> so they thought. I remind you of the definition that I gave you back in January because we talked about complacency in our lives as believers. And here's the definition of complacency. It's a feeling of quiet pleasure or security, often while unaware of some potential danger defect, or the like. Self-satisfaction, even smug satisfaction with an existing situation, condition, etc. 
being complacent means you have a, a feeling of security when in reality, great danger lurks ahead. Now, I know early on, uh, the, uh, the Manassites and, and the Ephraimites uh, felt pretty confident. Yeah, we've got these people under control. Uh, they're doing what, uh, what we tell them to do. And so there's a sense of complacency. There's a sense of false security. But it's not going to be long. And they're going to find out. They should have got rid of them. I've witnessed a lot of people over the years try to take the same approach to the Christian life. And you say something like this, yeah, I know, I know it's not altogether the right thing to do, but listen, I can handle it. No, serious, Pastor, I, I, I can handle it. I, I, I know it's a problem, but, but believe me, I've got it under control. They've said that about tobacco, they've said that about alcohol, they've said that about music, about entertainment, about anger, about pride, I mean, you name it. And someone at some time has thought they had it under control. They had a false sense of security. They had become complacent. Now listen carefully. The Israelites, as I said a moment ago, found out that the Canaanites did not make good slaves. They found out that they didn't have near as much control over them as they thought they did. And what is true of the Israelites is, is true of you if you're thinking that somehow you can get a handle on things that keep you from going forward. The truth is, if you had a handle on them, you'd be growing. You'd be moving forward. You'd be gaining ground, but you're not because you don't. Third reason why some Christians choose to keep a few Canaanites around is, is because of cowardice. I mean, look again at verse 15 of chapter 17. Joshua told the people that if they wanted more room, they could go into the forest, they could clear out the land. But their response was, look at it, all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley had chariots of iron. Now, first of all, I thought the Israelites had the enemy under control. Huh? I thought they could just tell them what to do and they would do it. That they had them under control. Evidently not. Goes back to what I just said. Secondly, we find the real reason God, uh, God's people didn't confront their enemy is because they were afraid to. They were just afraid to. They didn't think they could overcome them. And let me just remind you what a stronghold is. Uh, a stronghold is a mindset that convinces you that, that your situation is unchangeable, even though your situation is contrary to the Word of God. So you say, well, I, I, just, can't, I just can't change this. It's just the way it is. But yet, it's contrary to the word of God. Listen, what's happened to you is you've allowed Satan to erect a stronghold in your mind. And listen, there are, 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 are scores of people who are afraid to, uh, to approach their pet sins and, and hidden habits that keep them from growing because they, they're just convinced they can't get over it. But I want to tell you something this morning. With God, all things are possible. 
The truth is, people are more comfortable living with the illusion that they can get rid of those things anytime they want to than they are living in the reality that these things have a real hold on them and that they are the slaves. So we see that the first reason some Christians never go forward is because they exercise partial conquest. That's not going to work. And then sometimes they, they expect preferential consideration. Manasseh was the firstborn of Joseph. The Ephraimites were the relatives of Joshua. So that being the case, I mean, really, who in the world would expect them? I mean, they're Joseph and, and Joshua. I mean, two of the, 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 the superheroes of, of Jewish history. I mean, we, we're with them. They, they're one of us. We're one of them. And, and I mean, who, who would possibly expect us? Come on. Who would expect us to have to do the things that everybody else has to do to enjoy the best that God had to offer? You would be surprised at the number of believers who have adopted that same mindset. I mean, they know the laws that govern spiritual growth and maturity. I'm talking about things like Bible study and prayer, daily confession of sin, good stewardship, faithful church attendance obedience to God's word just go right on down they know these things they they know I'm not preaching anything that they don't already know but yet there are some that somehow think that they can ignore these daily disciplines and still grow in the Lord and still be good Christians a few years ago pollster George Gallup became concerned about the maturity uh, or perhaps the lack thereof among American Christians. And although 53% of the general public said that Christianity is, quote, very important, he found that only 13% live the faith that they profess. And here's the conclusion that he came to. There is not a spiritual vacuum in our country but spiritual chaos. He went on to say Americans need instruction badly in Bible study, prayer techniques. I, I hate that, that, the way he put that, prayer techniques, and how to share the gospel. He said people are trying to be Christian without the Bible. And then look what he said, church. People want the fruits of faith but not the obligations. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in. People want the fruits, the benefits, the blessings of faith, but not the obligations. Listen, I want to drop about 25 pounds. But the truth is, I don't want to do what it takes to do that. <laughs> Going to get a witness right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I really 
I would really like to put some money into savings. But I don't want to do what it takes to do that. <laughs> Bradley's over here laughing. He's a financial guy. You tracking with me? I want the blessings of the Lord. I want the benefits of being a believer. I, I, I want all the things the Bible says that a believer can have, but I, I, don't, I don't want to do that stuff you're talking about, preacher. Well, then you're, acting to, you're asking to be treated preferentially. You're, acting, you're, you're asking God to do something for you just because you're cool or you're pretty or you're handsome or you're... You are who you are. Doesn't work that way. Come on, that doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way for your pastor. Well, I'm the pastor. I shouldn't have to do that stuff to be blessed of God. Hey, listen, Bucko. I'm no different than anybody else. If I want to get in on God's blessings, I got to be moving forward. It means I got to be praying, I got to be reading my Bible, I got to be witnessing, I got to be giving, I got to be faithful, I got to be obedient. It works the same for me. I don't, I'm not going to be treated any differently. Brother Mike's not going to be treated any differently. Uh, Brother Tanner's not going to be treated any differently because they're full time ministry people. That doesn't matter. We are Christians first. And so whether it's the person uh, in the pulpit, or the person that the person in the pulpit preaches to. The rules are the same. The requirements are the same. We can't expect to be blessed by God without, without doing the things worthy of blessing. You're not going to drop 25 pounds just by wishing you could. Believe me. Believe me. It doesn't happen that way. There are two attitudes that come into play here. One is the attitude of arrogance. Joseph boasted that we're a great people. What an assumption. It's just because someone may be able to do some things doesn't make them great. Just because someone may be something in their house doesn't mean they're anything in God's house. Listen, we're all the same. We're, we're, we're all the same. There's no need for us to think that somehow God's rules don't apply to me. God's rules of spiritual growth and maturity don't apply to me because I'm special. No, we're all just a bunch of dirty, rotten, filthy sinners who God was kind enough to save by his grace and the truth is if we got what we deserved it'd be hell for all of eternity so we got to be humble not arrogant then here's another attitude indolence or laziness when the children of Manasseh came to Joshua complaining about what they had and demanding more Joshua said listen go get it and I like the little fella told the big fella he said you know if I was as big as you I'd go in the forest and I'd, I'd wrestle me a big old bear big fella looked down on him and said well there's some little bears in there <laughs> well you know if I was if, if, if I were you then, then I 
listen, don't be lazy. Anybody around you who's enjoying the best of God's blessings are enjoying them because they're moving forward. They're doing them because they're be, being inconvenienced. Well, that's not good as Americans, is it? When will be inconvenienced? Well, listen to you. I'm just being honest with you this morning. If you're going to grow in the Lord, you're going to be inconvenienced. Because you're going to be called on to do some things that you're not comfortable doing, that you don't want to do, that doesn't fit into your schedule. But listen, you can't grow in the Lord and, and be spiritually lazy. I contend this morning that it wasn't the amount of land that they had been allotted that was the deficit. It was their desire to go after it that was the deficit. If you really want to get right down to it, the main reason more Christians aren't moving forward and are remaining spiritually immature is because they're spiritually lazy. I'm going to go to the doctor this week, and he's going to draw some blood. And they're going to send it off, and they're going to get tested for, like, cholesterol. And I'm going to go back the week after that. And he's probably not going to be happy. It could be those five pieces of bacon I eat every morning. Listen, I'd wash, I'd brush my teeth in bacon if I could. <laughs> and we're preaching, I, man, I didn't come here to, I didn't sitting here to, for you to call me lazy. Well, I'm not going back to the doctor to hear him say what he's going to say. But what he's going to say is the truth. And how I respond to what he says will make a difference on whether or not my health gets better or not. My responsibility as a preacher is not to preach messages. You know, let me say this. Pandora, you know, you got the little thumbs up, thumbs down. They play a song and you like, you give it a thumbs up. If they play a song you don't like, put a thumbs down. They don't play songs like that anymore. Well, listen, I don't measure what I'm going to preach by looking out there for thumbs that are up <laughs> and thumbs that are down. Now, if you want a preacher like that, I'm not the guy. And the guy that's going to be filling the pulpit in the, in the future, he's not that guy. We're just going to tell you what the Bible says. And then it's up to you. You can take these things, apply them to your life and get better. Or you can just chunk them, like I may do in a couple of weeks. We'll see. Depends on how my wife Chimes in there. <laughs> Don't be smirking at me like that. <laughs> Come on now. Are you with me this morning? We, we, listen, there's plenty of blessings to be had. But we got to do the things that are blessed worthy. Amen. Well, for you, I don't want to read my Bible. Then Stay spiritually immature. I don't want to pray. I don't want to give. I don't want to go to church more than once a week. I don't want to, I don't want to do everything God tells me to do. I, I get it. I get it. And, and that's your prerogative. That's your choice. 
if you come back next Sunday, I'm going to challenge you to do it again. Do it again, do it again. Because I want you to get in on God's best for you. And I know you can't do that if, if you're, if, if you're going to be apathetic or lazy. Third lesson is this. They evade priority commitments. Now stay with me here. I'm going to restate Joshua's solution to the problem. You want more land? Joshua read it simple. Clear out the forest and drive out the Canaanites. That's it. Clear the forest, drive out the Canaanites. And until they were willing to do those two things, they could expect to remain the same as they were. Now let me make some analogy here. The forest represents something that serves as a hindrance. The Canaanites represent something harmful. Now let's talk about those two things for just a minute and we'll be done. Because those two things have to happen in our lives if we're going to move forward. First of all, we have to clear out the things that clutter our lives. Trees. I saw a lot of trees in South Carolina. They said, you guys have trees in Kansas? <laughs> I said, yeah, we just cut them all down and use them as telephone poles, though. I had the typical answer for people like that. They said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I'm sure it's great. I just can't see it for the trees. You know, trees aren't bad. I mean, unless they're like right in the front yard. Your front yard would be a great baseball field or football field, but somebody planted a stupid tree right there. Trees aren't bad things. They're part of God's creation. But since they occupied the space that the children of Manasseh wanted to occupy, then they had to go. And I believe that even the most modest examination of our lives would reveal that there are at least some, if not many things in our lives right now that are nothing but clutter. That is, they have absolutely nothing to do with anything spiritual. And they keep us from doing the things that we should do in order to grow in the Lord. Things like recreation and hobbies and relaxation and any number of other things. Listen to me now. Don't, don't, don't bail on me here. Any number of other things that aren't wrong in and of themselves. Let me go back to the tree thing here. I just remembered this. Um, we got a couple of trees um, in, in the front yard area of our, our home that have grown and the limbs have gotten really long. And so I'd be mowing along and then I'd have to go like this. You know, push the mower, you know, push it hard enough where it flew under there and then I'd come around and grab it again. You know what I'm talking about? Now listen, those, those, those trees, they're pretty and they're fine, but they were interfering with my ability to be productive. Besides that, have you ever hit a tree limb with a bald head? Bradley has. Let me tell you something. That hurts. I got the scars up there to prove it. It's like, won't you wear a hat? 
Don't ask. It doesn't matter. This is my story. And I'm telling it. And so, you know what I did? Those things were cluttering up. Brother Troy, they're cluttering up my productivity. So I went to my brother, who's Mr. Agricultural Dude. He's, he's like building a mini Disneyland in his backyard. He's got all the tools. Ain't that right, Dalton? Oh, yeah. So I went and got these big old limb whacker things. I mean, was, these are some heavy-duty pliers. And I started chopping them limbs off. And you know what? I, I am much more productive now. I just stroll right through there. cut the, here, So here's the point I'm, I'm making, not trying to be silly. There are some things in our lives that aren't wrong in and of themselves that just right now they are getting in our way of serving God. And so maybe we need to reprioritize. If we want to grow and go forward, we just, we just need to take a moment or two this afternoon or maybe later this week to sit down, examine our lives. Okay, what is it that's keeping me from growing? What is it that's keeping me from reading my Bible and praying and being in church and doing the things I know I need to do? And let's just, get, let's just clear the clutter. You don't have to stop doing it all together, but just put them in the right priority. So we must clear out the things that clutter our lives, and then we must clean out the things that corrupt our lives. Now think about this. Wouldn't it have made more sense for Joshua to instruct the children of Manasseh to first clean out the Canaanites and then clear out the trees? I mean, it's like, the Canaanites weren't just, weren't just going to hang tight over there while Manasseh and Ephraim cleared out all of these trees so they could have more of the Canaanites' land. No, no, the Canaanites weren't going to take that sitting down. So it makes sense to me, hey, you go in and get rid of all the Canaanites, and then you cut down all the trees. But Joshua said, go cut down all the trees and then get rid of the Canaanites. Now, if you, if you keep tracking with me, here, here's, here's the application of that. If you really look at it from a spiritual perspective, as we've taught it this morning, then it really does make sense to first get rid of the clutter and then clean out the Canaanites. So, so here's the truth. You will never have enough spiritual strength to clean out the things that corrupt your life. And until, first of all, you clear out the things that clutter your life. Spiritual disciplines, like, as we've already said, Bible reading and prayer, church attendance, obedience. Listen, those are the things that give us the power. Those are the things that empower us and and strengthen us spiritually. And so we need to get back to doing those things and putting those things in the right place and position in our life so that we can be strengthened spiritually and then we're going to have the power we need to get rid of the things that corrupt us. Does that make sense? So we got to get rid of the clutter because without those spiritual disciplines, we're going to remain powerless. 
So I'll close with this illustration. Several years ago, a number of years ago, uh, we had a little Honda Accord. You remember that? A little silver Honda Accord. And I was driving it. And unbeknownst to me, it had a bad transmission. And I didn't find that out until I was downtown on Kansas Avenue. I had stopped for a stoplight, waiting for it to turn green. When it turned green, I pushed on the accelerator. Well, maybe it's in park. No, it's in drive. The transmission went out. Talking about embarrassing. Hey, there's that Baptist preacher. Oh, ain't no payment off over there to get a decent car? Because I'm out there. I'm trying to push this car over the side. There's a guy standing there watching me on the sidewalk. I was probably a little curt when I asked him. But I said, hey, come help me. So this dude came help me. We pushed it over there to the side. Now, I, listen, I know that pushing your own car worked for Fred Flintstone. <laughs> but I'm just not into that. Okay. My feet are too tender. I'm just, I'm, just not, I'm just not into that. How would you like to say, hey, honey, let's, let's, let's go to the grocery store. Okay, whose turn to push? <laughs> Who wants a car that you have to push everywhere? Well, listen, God thinks the same way about people who are supposed to be saved but are always having to be pushed. To do even the most basic things of the Christian life. God, God receives little pleasure in having to push people forward as you would have in having to push your car everywhere. Listen, when you get in your car, you just expect it to go without having to push it. And God expects the same thing from those whose hearts, listen to me, those whose hearts that he has entered into through salvation. He just expects us to do the things that are necessary to go forward. So that being said, our musicians prepare for the invitation. Are you growing in the Lord? I mean, go back and go back in your mind to January the 6th, 2019. And here we are on July 14th, 2019. Are you further along spiritually than you were in January? Have you made any progress? Have you gained any ground? Are you becoming a better Christian? Are you becoming a, a better church member? What about the clutter? Things that aren't wrong, not by, any, not by any means are they wrong, but they're just in the wrong place. Clutter. What about the clutter in your life? And then what about the corruption? The little hidden sins, those pet sins, that besetting sin as Paul calls it. Where are you at in dealing with that? Let's pray.